You guys happy to be in church this morning? All right. All right. So uh, I know I, I got you there. I'm still giving you time to get to the First Samuel 18 if you haven't had that chance yet. But don't worry. Uh, I got a little, uh, a little, uh, a fun little anecdote I want to share with you. I'll get you some time to get there as well too. And by the way, if you don't have a Bible and you would love a Bible. Um, we have Bibles located on the side of the worship experience. We also have them in Avenue Central. If you've never been gifted a Bible, if you've never gotten a Bible, we'd love the honor of providing that for free to you. It is a joy for us to do so. Come on, we have it in English, we have it in Spanish as well too. We'd love for you to take one of those on your way out. It is a joy uh, that an outpouring of our generosity gets to meet that need as well. But hear me, uh, this week, I, I, and if you know me, I'm not, I'm not a social guy. I'm not a social media guy, I should say. Um, I don't don't follow, and um, I don't post really much of anything, and, um, and, and I have like a couple posts a year. I post, you know, uh, about my daughter, post about my wife, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty much it. But this week, something interesting happened. Um, Meta, you know, uh, 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 laid out a brand new social platform called Threads on there, and, and Meta's parent company of Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. And, and what's interesting, this, this week, uh, as of yesterday, what I saw, I believe is 70 million people have already signed up for Threads. 70 million people. Here's the thing. Threads is, it does something interesting. I promise we're getting to the Bible. I promise you. But Threads has done, done something very interesting. It gives you the option to follow every account you've already followed on Instagram. And in the, in the moment of, of honesty and just, just, just laziness, I was like, I'm not going to go and follow everybody over. And I don't even know if I want this thing or anything like that. I'm just going to test it out, download it, whatever. So I downloaded it. And, and I hit the button, and I was lazy, I'll be honest with you, and it imported all of my contacts over, all of my, my requests. And hear me, I, like I said, I don't go on social. Um, sometimes I scroll, and there's funny videos and stuff like that. I'll send it to my wife, and sometimes I hit follow, and I just don't think about it. But when I tell you there was, there was 1,300 accounts that I was following on social media, and they were all, all mad at, they were imported into this new you know, friends list, this collective thing, I, I, was, I was overwhelmed and I, w- I, was, I was a bit confused, and it was funny because you're able to click, and, and, it, and it's got this, it's, you know, here we go. I'm giving a talk for, about, about threads today. Uh, but but <laughs> you're, it's not just the people that I follow. It's their, their things that they follow, they, they like, and they share, and they read. And it gets, it's Twitter, it's whatever. It's super confusing. And, you know, I don't know. By the way, I did post on it. I posted a, a scripture because Jesus is first in my life. Call somebody. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I posted on there, and, and, and I was like, we'll figure this thing out. I don't know if I'm going to keep it or not. But I just, I had, I had a, just a revelation. I was like, why did, I, why did I go down this road to download this app? You know, what did I, you know, why did I, why? Why was it, why was it so special? I literally, like, interact with maybe 10 accounts on Instagram and maybe 15 on, on Facebook. And uh, I just don't know why I went down the rabbit trail of, of downloading a brand new app. But suffice to say, like I said, I have the app and it got me thinking about the ways that, that we view uh, friendship nowadays in culture. And we're going to study the, the friendship of David and Jonathan. Um, but I thought it was such a good, you know, reflection this week that it doesn't take much for culture to view us in having relationship, uh, to being connected. Um, literally, um, I think I, in Instagram, I follow like a, a restaurant down the street called Skinny Fats. It's delicious, by the way. Um, but like I clicked on that and it shows all your mutuals. And I was like, this is, this is literally, like this is it. This is to be connected now. And, and, and that's great. And the digital age has, has allowed us some great opportunity to get connected with people, get connected with people that we know and that we love, and to reach afar to do that. Um, but it got me thinking about the, the, the way the Bible views friendship 
And it is so much more than common interests. It is so much more than having uh, the same follows or the same, you know, people that, that, we, that we like and tag and retweet and share. It is so much more than that. And, and we have all this great exposure to, to you know, everybody in all, all, you know, all these accounts and things like that. But we are in a society today that we lack deep connection. This is the loneliest that we've, that we've ever been. And, and like as, as we've been saying over even just these past weeks, I've been studying scripture that has come up. That, that even suicide rates are, are continued to be on the rise. And this, this past few years has taught us that we are, we are, we are we're lonely. We're missing something. And I always uh, look to Scripture and I say, Lord, what do, you, what do you have to say about friendship? What do you have to say about connection? What do you want to speak to your people about being connected? And I think there is no greater verse and, and, and relationship or friendship in the Bible to study this topic on than David and Jonathan. To have a friendship is so much more than having a relationship. We can honestly be related and have common interests like, come on, the Dallas Cowboys, or maybe you follow, yeah, come on, somebody. Or maybe you follow, you know, whatever, skinny fats or whatever it is. There's so many, we can have common interests, and that is cultural's baseline of, of being friends. And I honestly don't even know many of the people that are on, my, on, on, the, on the social media page that I follow. I don't know their names. I don't know anything about them. Um, but 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 culture has told us that to be connected is 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 just one button tap away, just one button tap away. So let's look at at the at, at the friendship of Jonathan and David this week. Um, I wanted to share with you what he showed me about building meaningful friendships. Building meaningful friendships. If you're taking notes today, that is uh, the title of my message today. As we as we continue on through the scripture, but if you're like me, like take notes, like to have the dotted lines. I promise, I got three points. You can follow under that and some scripture attached to it. So your notes will look great after this. I promise. Uh, but building meaningful friendships. Um, I'm a big context person. I'll be honest with you. Um, when I uh, uh, gave my life to Jesus and I, I, I got baptized, and the, one of the very first things that I did. Um, was I ran uh, to a Christian bookstore, and I got a life application study Bible. It is on the stage here with me today. It's got a lot of markups. It's got a lot of notes. It's got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of underlines, a lot of highlights, a lot of things in there because I am a context guy, and I encourage you, if you're similar to me, and even if you're not, I encourage you to stretch out a little bit because there is so much that we can unpack in Scripture when we begin to look at the context of the scripture, context of what's happening at that time, the context of, of who the author's writing to, the context of, 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 of cultural norms during that time. There's so much that God wants to unpack when we look at the context, when it was even written, the author's intent for writing. All these details help us get a better practical application of the Bible. So let's learn about Jonathan. Here's a couple subpoints about Jonathan today. Who was Jonathan? Who was Jonathan? You can put that on the screens there for me. Firstborn son of King Saul, the first king of Israel, making him the next in line to the throne. If you've been with us, following along with us, you would have known that, though it says that uh, on the screen today, David was already secretly anointed as the next king of Israel. So we'll see how that plays out. He was also a successful military leader. He was brave, he was loyal, and he was a natural leader. Uh, the closest friend David ever had, and he did not put his personal well-being ahead of those he loved, and he was utterly, come on, utterly dependent on God, and that was so important. And so we pick up 
with the story at the end of 1 Samuel 17. We're going to hop to the scripture. We're going to go in the preface before we go into the scripture here today. Uh, but 1, Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel 17, verse 57, as soon as David returned from killing Goliath, Abner brought him to Saul with the Philistine's head. Come on. And still in his hand, tell me about your father, young man, Saul said. And David replied, his name is Jesse, and we live in Bethlehem. After David finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son, There was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David, together with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. Come on. There's uh, some symbolism in here that we'll unpack in a second. Uh, But one of the first lessons that we learned from Jonathan and David is that meaningful friendships involve sacrifice. Meaningful friendships involve sacrifice. Think about this. Like we said earlier, David was already uh, uh, in private, anointed king of Israel, but God's spirit was with him, and, 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 and here uh, he is uh, meeting the man, uh, Jonathan, who was many years older than him. Some scholars think about 10 to 15 years, you know, older than him at this time. And David was just about 17. He was, he was, he was meeting uh, the, the person that he was meant to replace. He was meeting the person that he was meant to replace. And scripture says that, that they had an immediate draw, almost a knitting. Some translations say a knitting in their hearts to one another. It says even another scripture that, that they were almost as if one soul, that they had a, a deep brotherly, brotherly bond with each other. John, Jonathan had every right to be upset, to be jealous, to be insecure, like his father, Saul. But scripture says that he loved David. And back to 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 4. Because he loved him, this is verse 3, because he loved him as he loved himself. I want to look, unpack um, the word loved today as we get into this, to the scripture and we learn more about it, what it means to have this sacrificial friendship for one another. Let's look at the verb, he, verb in Hebrew for loved, and that is ahav, ahav. Let's unpack this a little bit today. This is the same word uh, used to describe God's love for his children. In the book of Hosea, God is reflecting on the early years of relationship with his chosen people, come on, the Israelites, and he says, I love them, and I called them out of Egypt. I called them out of Egypt. This love isn't simply a feeling, it's a verb. It's a deep, committed love that is accompanied by action. Accompanied by action. And we, we were, gonna un, we're, we're going to unpack what action looks like um, in this deep love and relationship that Jonathan has for David and David has for Jonathan. But it starts here. The word love isn't just used to describe God's love for his children, but it's used to describe our love for God as well. It's action. Love with action. Uh, the same word for love is used in our greatest commandment in Matthew 22, verse 37, when Jesus was questioned and he said, what do you, we have the Ten Commandments. We have the, we have the, we have the laws given to us by Moses. Teacher, what do you say is the greatest of these? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And it goes on to be used, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. So when the author wrote in 1 Samuel 18, Jonathan became one in spirit with David and he loved him as he loved himself. It's an action. What, what he is describing is a love that entailed action. 
I love that entailed action. This challenged me this week, um, and I, I wrestled with this because I am so quick, and, you know, I, I, God has done so many amazing things in, in my heart and my journey, and um, where I felt like I, I was naturally so closed off and so uh, withdrawn and, and maybe sharp and a little bit of a, a prickly pear or, you know, like a little hedgehog with all the little spikes everywhere. That was, me, that was what I viewed my personality to be. Uh, uh, God has done so much to unravel uh, these, these, these things in my heart, and he's opened my heart up to see. But often, uh, how often do we express love for one another with our words rather than our actions? With our words rather than our actions. It's very easy to let the utterance come out of our mouth to say, I love you, but it is so much harder to put that love into action. We're going to look at what that looks like today in the context of a friendship but hear me, the principles and the revelation that we have from God's word when it comes to friendship and relationship can be uh, applied to our relationship even with Jesus and, and God, our, heaven, our heavenly father as well too. So let's, let's be honest. We are human. We have limits. We only have so much gas in the tank. We have only have so much energy, so much time, so much to give, so much resource. But hear me, God isn't asking us to give up our kingdom today. He is asking us to open our gates. He's asking us to open up today. He's asking us to open our hearts today. He's asking us preemptively before we get into what it looks like to have this kind of relationship. He's asking for us to be willing to have good soil, to open our hearts, to be able to receive even the fact or the notion of a relationship. We're going to get to this in a moment here. But he's asking us to be generous. He's asking us to open our hearts to one another, to show up for one another. It isn't. Um, so often, I think I found myself in my studies this week, it's, it's, it's we're looking for people to be dependable in our lives, and sometimes you can go to be so hyper-focused, hyper-fixed on, on people's lack of dependability that we forget to be dependable ourselves, right? To be reliable, to be consistent, you know, ourselves. And I think God is, is showing us in the sacrificial representation of love, this action that it has to do with sacrifice. And here's the, the kicker. Is, uh, is, we, is as we go back to, to the scripture, it, it says that, that, that Jonathan had taken off, you know, these things. He'd given them to, to David. You know, these were his princely garments, his princely robe, his princely a bow, his princely sword. He handed these things over, and, and scholars say that this is, this is a symbolic, this is, this is part of what was done in the times of David, but this, this, as he stripped off, it showed great honor to David. It says that, that he knew that the Spirit of God was already on David, that he was already willing in just, just meeting him. And it says that, that Saul took him to be with him for a time. We don't know exactly how long this time is, but this is the time that Jonathan and David bonded, and he got to see the Spirit of God on David well before he became king. But as he stripped off his garments, they say that this was symbolic in, in, in his giving away his right as the prince, as the next in line as the next in line, because he saw what God had done and already done in David's life. Friends, if your relationships look more like transactions than interactions, something has to change. It can't just be transactional. It cannot just be, I feel like I had an image this week of a, of a dolly 
and we're moving. This is a setup and teardown church. We love the opportunity village, and we love uh, the opportunity to be here every single week. But man, when one of those tires blows out on blows out on one of those carts, it gets hard, right? We're pulling, and things are lopsided, and there's weight on it, and we're frustrated because we're pulling, and it can't carry the weight the same. Sometimes it feels like 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 like, like our relationships can kind of be like teeter totters. Where it feels like it's it's give give take give take give take, and we f- forget that that we are we are meant to be there for each other. We're meant to have this deeper, uh, affectionate, uh, actionable love in our lives and our hearts for one another. Point number two is meaningful meaningful friendships involve commitment. Meaningful friendships involve commitment. Let's go back to our verse in First Samuel eighteen. It says in uh, verse three again, and Jonathan made a solemn pact with David, a solemn pact with David. Let's break this down just a little bit. This was common, actually, in their time to do so, even just as friends. Uh, This pact with David is described by scholars as a pact of loyalty and a shared commitment even to the point of life and death. Now, to provide more context, Jonathan and David's friendship was incredibly strained by Jonathan's father, Saul, who was deeply jealous and even uh, murderous in actions of murder to, or towards uh, uh, killing David because he had feared that David would take his throne one day. And so he's chasing after him. Saul tried with all his might to kill David, twice with a spear, twice by sending him out to be killed in battle, once by sending uh, 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 troops to his house in the middle of the night to kill him. When, and in this situation, his, Saul's daughter, who he had given to, to David in marriage, uh, was the one that protected David in this circumstance. Scripture says that it was, it was, it's almost 20, 21 times, 21, 22 times that, 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 um, that David had to evade death by the hand of Saul. He had spears that were hurtled at him. And even then so, in, in, his, in his protection of his friend David, Jonathan's life was in danger as well. But let's look at commitment. On several, several occasions, I love what the Lexington Bible Dictionary says about this. On several occasions, Jonathan sought to reconcile his father and David. After Saul expressed a desire to kill David, Jonathan convinced Saul to change his mind by speaking well of David. Later, Jonathan helped determine if Saul still intended to kill him. In, in concurring Saul's anger, Jonathan also encouraged David to hide from Saul. Throughout the conflict between David and Saul, Jonathan remained loyal to his father, while still recognizing that God had chosen David, that God had chosen David. During this time, Jonathan's life was at risk. Maybe our commitments today and our relationships are not as serious as life and death. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. I beg to differ. They're probably not. But how often have we allowed our circumstances to be what dictates our commitment? our commitment to our friends, our commitment to our relationships, our commitment to the people that God has placed in our lives. You know, I think back um, to a time, and it'll be vulnerable here in our lives. Just a couple years ago, we, like I mentioned, we have a beautiful daughter. Her name is Isla, and I love her to death, and she's amazing. It's so amazing to be, it's an honor to be her father. It's an honor to be her parents, to see her grow, see her learn. And I think, well, we went through a season um, after, after, after having her, I mean, Alita was in nursing school as well, too. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, eggs in the basket, right, if you will. A lot of things going on. And, and honestly, that time for us, it felt like a season of drought. It felt like a, like a desert season. It felt like an isolating season 
where where the you know friendships and and the people that we that we valued and were important in our lives we just we didn't necessarily have have the time for and it felt it it felt like a burden in our hearts it felt like we were we were alone we were lonely um it felt like we just couldn't we we couldn't do it like we didn't have the time like we didn't have the capacity to be able to to carry uh, our, our relationships out, and we felt a deep burden in our hearts to it. We felt, we felt so lonely that we decided that we were actually going to pray about it. Come on, somebody, as we should, that we were going to pray about it, that we were going to seek God. We're saying, Lord, this is a burden on our hearts, and, and, and we want to hear from you. What needs to change? What needs to grow? And so we're fasting. We're praying about this, and, and I remember it was a deep time where even Alita and I were just, we're outpouring to God, and we said, Lord, our, our hearts are hurting. Our hearts are hurting. We feel alone. We feel isolated. And he, 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 as he does, lovingly, he flips the script. And, and I just, I felt like he, he had spoken to my heart. And he said, I, I, didn't, I didn't call you a father. I didn't call you a nurse or, or, or a mother. I didn't, I didn't call you a, a father or a mother to take every other title away from you. I still called you to be a friend. I still called you to be a son. I still called you to be a daughter. I still called you to be a grandson and a granddaughter. I still called you to have the capacity to love and, and hear me, friends, God is so gentle. God is so gentle. He is so good to us when we don't, we feel like we don't have it. We feel like we don't have the capacity to, to reach out and do it. He supplies us with his supernatural strength. And he actually stretches and he grows our capacity. And what we had in an isolation mindset, God had so much more for us. It took our hearts to be turned to him to say, we're going to reach out. We're going to connect. We're going to make it happen. We're going to adjust our schedules. We're going to do something different because it was in our ability and our commitment that, that rather, uh, not because of our season or circumstance, but in our commitment that we had in our hearts that we were lacking uh, the unction, the drive, the pull to reach out, to honor the relationships that God had put into our lives. It felt more transactional. And honestly, it felt like we were on the, uh, the selfish end of that. And God had worked that out in us. God had to work that out because he still called us to ministry. He still called us to, to serve his people. He still called us to, to reach out and connect and to love people. He just had to grow our capacity. He's called us to different priorities. He hasn't called us to be forgotten. He called us to be committed. I think, we, 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 I think uh, the lie that we often tell ourselves is that when seasons change, friends have to change. The truth is that God grows our capacity. It's okay that it's different in this season. It's okay that it's different in the season that you find yourself in. God's still in your season, if it's limited, if it's stretched, if it's struggling, God wants to give you supernatural, God-honoring, sacrificial, and committed relationships in your life that you can lean on when you are going through some of the most difficult times in your life. So that when you turn on the flip side and you make your way out of that valley, those relationships that you remain committed to, consistent with, they'll be there to celebrate with you at the top of the, top of the mountain as well. What we are committed to will continue. What we are committed to will continue. Third point I have for us today is meaningful, uh, meaningful rela- friendships involve God. Meaningful friendships involve God. Let's go back to our scripture verse. Come on, our favorite of the day. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped around. First uh, Samuel uh, 20, verse 14 today. Sorry about that. And, and uh, may you treat me with the faithful love. This is, this is Jonathan to David, his dear friend. His dear friend. 
may you treat me with the faithful love the Lord has, has uh, the Lord as long as I live. But if I die, treat my family with this faithful love, even when the Lord destroys all your enemies from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a solemn pact with David saying, may the Lord destroy all of your enemies. Come on. And Jonathan made David reaffirm his vow of friendship again, for Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. A couple of takeaways from, from this scripture, um, a, a few chapters down from our original one today, is that when we look at, at, at Jonathan's relationship, and by this time, uh, he had already acknowledged that God, uh, that God had chosen David, he'd seen the Spirit of God on him, which should have been opposition, opposition on the side of Jonathan to David to protect his throne to protect what uh, what was his birthright actually turned into obligation. And in that Jonathan, uh, because the spirit of God was on him and he valued his relationship with God above all other relationships in his life, even his father's relationship whom he still honored. Jonathan still honored Saul as he honored David. That he had a deep obligation to see not what his kingdom would look like but to be a friend a sacrificial friend to say God wants to do something special through you friends we need people in our lives that remind us of the promises of God over our lives David was on the run there was attempted murder on his life many a time over Jonathan risked his life sending messengers, even going out to, to meet David in the field himself, himself. And he sought after his dear friend, risked his own life, sat at a table that David was meant to be at and Saul had expected him there. And even then protected his friend, almost took a spear for it, but he made it out alive. It says in, in scripture, come let us renew our commitment to each other before the Lord. Jonathan and David had a relationship, a friendship, a bond. And sometimes when you're going through it, it says that as David even was on the run multiple times that they, could, that they recommitted this relationship, their friendship twice before the Lord after their original commitment. And every, every time that, that they do it, that they, that they make this commitment before the Lord, they, Jonathan reminds David that this is, this is before the Lord. This is the Lord that has called you by name. This is the Lord that has appointed you the next king of Israel. So I will be a military leader for you one day, and we will get through this, and I will be there to support you and help you. I will be there to see all that God wants to do in and through you. But he always pointed his friend back to the Lord. If we haven't experienced that kind of relationship in our in our lives yet, we're gonna take a moment in a little bit. Just want you to prepare your hearts. But honestly, this was this was a difficult uh, message even for me to write. Like I mentioned, I felt sometimes I feel like an onion that God is just trying to peel back layers to get to the good stuff to get to the stuff you can use. And so often I think there's there's offense, there's there's misunderstandings, there's miscommunication and and unintentioned, you know, 
things that happen because we're, we're people. That we just add another layer. Another layer of protection. Another layer of, of separation. Another layer of you can't hurt me. I've been hurt before. You can't hurt me like that. I will never be hurt like that again. And we just put these layers up. God wants us to have, he loves us so much. He's more than enough. He's more than enough. But he loves us so much that he doesn't just want to give us a, a, a spouse to do life with and, and to pursue our calling and all that he's appointed us and meant for us to be in our lives. No, 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 no. He, he has... God ordained friendships for you, brothers and sisters to lean on when you're going through the darkest moments in your life and to be on the highest of mountaintops cheering and shouting down, brothers and sisters that will reach out, that will call, that will pray for you, that will connect with you, that will say, hey, you're on my mind. I love you. What do you need? And they're willing, friends that, are, that, that can show up and and be there for you, that can that can care for you and and uh, sometimes I just feel like even of myself, I don't know about you, church, but I feel like, an, like that little onion sometimes, just all kind of bottled up with all kinds of layers. And I found myself convicted this week as I, as I studied the scripture and I said, you know, Lawrence, I don't think you've experienced that kind of relationship yet. And then I reflected back and, and God is always good. He's always a provider. And I look back to the times and even just, even recently, just so many opportunities of relationship God has placed in my in my life with with dear friends and it hasn't been because God wasn't good enough to provide it was the hardness of my heart that prevented the relationship to to grow deep so that I can lean on it so that I can trust it it was in my heart and I I I just I'd like to venture out to know that I am not the only one that is struggling with that I'm not the only one that is, has walked through pain and that I've closed up out of protection, out of fear. Fear of being let down, fear of, fear of insecurities within myself and pride within myself that I wouldn't be, wouldn't be good enough. God has friendships out there just waiting for you. You know, as we look at this, and my, my point today as we get ready to, ready to close here, that, that these relationships, they include God. What I'm not saying to you is that you can't have a meaningful relationship that doesn't include God. But I, 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 I do know that God has specific relationships for you, brothers and sisters that will encourage you in your faith, that will pray for you and reach out to you. And there is a deep um, kind of kindred spirit a, a, a deep love that he has for you on the other side of these relationships. So you can. I love Jesus was a a friend to sinners. He ate with the tax collectors and and he loved people deeply. One thing I'm always reminded of as I study Jesus is his love and his relationship with people is that he always had control in those situations. 
And it was always on, on his terms. He was the strong one. So have relationship and reach out. There are dear friends that are sitting here today that thank God that we had relationship outside of even just our, our, our church community, that we could reach people and connect with people and that they are able to experience the fullness of, of not just us, but God's love for them because we are called by the Great Commission to reach people and love people and to love our neighbors as we have loved ourselves. So there's, there's no contradiction in, in, in the word of, of God there, that he wants us to have these deep committed relationships ventured a question to ask as we move on from this point to so I want you to have dear relationships if you're an unbeliever I'm not telling you that you can't have good relationships because you don't know God so many of us know that it's on the other side of our obedience or other side of our accepting the fullness of everything that God has for us that he begins to reel himself in deeper and new ways to us like we would have never thought to, to think about to imagine he's so good he is so, so good. My question today in those contexts of that relationship, before we move on from that, love them, care for them, commit yourself to them, sacrifice for them, but know is, 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 my, is, is my presence, my relationship is who I am. Is it more of an influence on their character or is it more of their character having an influence on mine? as we can navigate that and just as gently as possible, have friendships, love them deeply, bring them to church, invite them into this love that you begin to experience with God, have these deep committed relationships. But I believe that God wants to, to give you fresh and new relationships. And some of you have, have been in church before and some of you have experienced pain and deep pain associated with leaders and friends and people hurting you and I'm so sorry God loves you and he's always looking for redemption and he always has a plan for redemption in mind for you and your relationships and your walk and I say it again there's relationships even in this room that I believe that God wants you to have that are going to change your life forever generations and generations to come all on the other side of a hello all of all on the other side of a lingering a little bit longer in the lobby all of a little bit of hey do you want to grab lunch today hey I think you know God's been placing you on my heart and I don't know my name's Lorenzo <laughs> he has great relationships even in this room for you. And there still will be more to come. And I'm believing that for you guys today. It says in scripture, many verses and chapters down the road, it says in scripture that, that Jonathan lost his life at the hands of the Philistines. His father passed away as well by his own sword. David lamented, he felt a deep sense of loss. This is one of the most difficult messages, like I mentioned, that I've, that I've had to write because of, not because necessarily the, the hurt I've experienced, but the loss of experience in my life. And 
insecurities that I've navigated and walked through. <laughs> Can I keep them? Will they like me still in a year? All the little lies that we tell ourselves. God's just asking for our commitment, our sacrifice, our dependence on him, and he's gonna take care of the rest. And we believe that. God challenged me to love again this week, to open my heart again. It's been closed and I've seen it in myself this week. He's always been faithful to provide. But my heart is softened this week. And I hope it challenges you to do the same, to, in, to look inwardly and, and pray the prayer boldly. It says, create me a new heart. Take this heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh. And God can give you a brand new heart and a brand new perspective on relationships. So it's my call to action for you guys today. So I love you so dearly and I know you guys are going to want to get to lunch uh, by this point. Uh, so we're going to get ready to close. But I just, I just want to leave you with this today. Um, if you would, just do me a favor. Would you stand to your feet with me today? We're going to take a moment in a, um, in, a, in a few minutes just to worship. But I just felt the, I felt the need in my heart to pray for you because I know I'm not the only one that was walking through a hardened heart. And I mean it when I say that there's relationship that God has for you on the other side of this. And I know you've walked through some hurt and pain and betrayal, and I'm not minimizing that. I'm saying God has more for you on the other side of that. He's not asking you to give yourself away fully. He's just asking you to take a step. So I'm asking you today, would you hang out a little bit longer? Would you connect with someone that you know that God's placed on your heart this week to reach out to, to connect, to grab lunch with, to meet, to care for, to, to sacrifice your time, to pour out into them because they need it. And to seriously, and, and this is our, our, our church plug for today, and I'll leave you alone at this, but my encouragement to you is that we knew you were going to be here today and we knew that the message was what it was going to be today and so we took time and we prayed for your saints today we prayed for you in the lobby today we prayed for you again multiple times throughout this worship experience today because we knew that God was going to bring people into this room today that have been walking with hurt for so long that they just don't know how they could love again and open up again and, and reach out again and, and make connection again for some it's it's I just don't feel worthy I don't feel good enough. I don't, I don't feel, I don't know. I've never, I don't even know what, you're, what, this, what this even looks or means or feels like. I've never been able to experience it for myself. And, and my prayer for you today is that, is that God would supernaturally give you just the unction on your heart to, to be able to walk in obedience and experience that. And that even now, we're just going to take a moment to pray. But I would ask you today with every head bow and every eye closed here today, if that is you, you're like me and you you just had a heart heart you're, you're you're having a difficulty in this area you've left some things behind and it's hurt but you're saying i lord i want what you want for me and i want something new and i want something fresh and i want the relationships and the friendships in my life that you've already called and appointed 
for me and I want them, Lord, I'm willing to take that step and I don't know what it looks like and it's scary. But if that's you and you just want to take a step in obedience, maybe God's got to soften your heart today and you can do it. But if that's you, I just want to know who I'm praying for right now in this moment. And I would love for you just to take a moment. Could you raise your hand with me with every head bowed and every eye closed? Yes, 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 yes. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hands all over the room today. That's amazing. Come on. You're not alone. You're not alone and God can heal a broken heart. He is there. He's with the brokenhearted. And so I just want to take a moment here today. I'm going to pray over us and we're going to we're going to sing and, and we're going to worship God for, for a minute. And I'm going to come back here and get ready to close us out. But I just, I just want to pray over you today. Dear Heavenly Father, create us in a new, a, a new heart today. Give us a heart of, of flesh, not the heart of stone. Lord God, we uh, so much later in the scripture, Lord, you, David even prayed the prayer, break me and mold me and use me, Lord. And so the areas and the layers that don't belong to you that have been put up, the walls that have been placed up, because of fear and, and hurt and pain, I ask you, Lord God, to supernaturally begin to peel those layers back today that we may experience the friendships and relationships and deep connection and life-giving relationships that are based in a relationship with God to you today. Father God, allow us to, to pull back layers even in our own selves and recognize where we have been hardened in our hearts, where we have, where we have protected what you have enabled us to, to experience fullness in. That for whatever reason, allow us today, Lord God, remove it, begin to peel it back today. It's not ours anymore. You can have it. Lord, create in us a new heart. Give us a fresh perspective today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I just want to take a moment and we're just going to, just for maybe 30 seconds to a minute, we'll, we're just going to worship. I just want you to take a moment to think about that and, and just let it sit on your heart today.
are, there are those of you in this room under the sound of my voice today, and, and, and this is, God has just been placing on your heart today that you need to move into a relationship with him, that you haven't accepted him as your Lord and Savior, and that this friendship, this fresh friendship is available to you. In scripture, Jonathan, David had nothing to offer Jonathan but himself. And Jonathan had everything to offer to David. Isn't that like our, our King of Kings and our Lord of King of Kings and our Lord of Lords that He doesn't need anything from us but us. He doesn't need all everything that we value. He wants us and he wants to know us. And so you may feel like you're not worth it today. You may feel like I've done so many things today and I just can't even begin to, to even think that, that God would not have a relationship with me. Shame off you, friend. God wants a relationship with you. He brought you here today that you can have a relationship with him. And so just, just join me today. If that is you, I'm gonna ask you to do something bold. Please bow your heads and close your eyes one more time for me. If that is you and that is you and you just want a, a relationship with Jesus, it says that we have a relationship with Jesus, that even it, it, it brings us into relationship with God we accept him to our heart and we ask him to forgive us our sins if that's you today and you want to accept Jesus into your heart could you just raise a hand for me so I know who I'm praying for you come on I see your hand 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 come on can we give Jesus a shout of praise today say thank you Lord now we take a moment we're gonna acknowledge him with our mouth and in our hearts as our Lord and Savior so just do, your, do me a favor bow your heads close your eyes repeat after me today Jesus thank you for dying on the cross. I repent of my sins. Be Lord of my life. The best way I know how, I'm gonna live for you. You've called me friend. You've called me yours. I accept you as the Lord and Savior of my life. I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, church. Let's give Jesus a big shout today.